We want to talk about faith. We want to talk about um, politics. We want to talk about race. We want to talk about pop culture. Literally, everything, everything, everything is up for discussion, and that's what French culture is about. About. This is, this is, nothing can stop me. I'm all the way up. All the way up. Lean back. Lean back. Wait a minute. <laughs> I was trying to do like my own remix. Oh, it was, the, it was a, it was, you were like blending them together. It's a yeah. mix. So it's like DJ. Yeah, it's like, yeah, five o'clock ride out. Five o'clock ride out. Remember, yeah. it's the weekend. Yeah, with the ambulance. Black. And you always forget that it's the ambulance is already in the, exactly. in the music. So you start <laughs> looking, around. looking around. <laughs> like, do I need to move? Right. <laughs> I know it's the song. It's, it's, it's a part of the radio. It's right yeah. in the radio. Yeah. So, well, you know, we all the way up. It's another week of brunch culture. Yes. And Remy Ma done brought Nicki Minaj all the way down. You know, yeah. I don't really know where we're going to go from here. And when she called out her brother, I was like, man, that's a that new was, Right. It was like below. That was for real, for real below the belt. That was like, cause at first I'm like, Oh, you know, it's, it's just, it's kind of like she's saying headline stuff. So, all right. She's saying stuff in headline, but when she hit, she hit on the brother things. Like how you support a pedophile. I was like, Whoa, wait a minute. <laughs> Time out. <laughs> right. But then Nicki Minaj's response of posting a video of Beyonce calling her the queen. Like, Beyonce doesn't rap. <laughs> like, I mean, I get it. We're posting, like, old record sales or, like, it's fine. It's cool. But, like, you ain't got nothing. You got to get, like, a better comeback. Though. And then you're doing all this stuff on social media, too. Like, your comeback is on social media. Like, you should have. Put this in a in a rhyme. Just like did like a freestyle. You could have did a social media video freestyle and just. Well, like, maybe those writers couldn't go that fast. <laughs> this ghostwriter thing. Everybody got ghostwriters. I was watching um this video and this guy kept saying like Papoose wrote that for Remy Ma. I'm mm-hmm. like nobody can't write nothing no more. I don't, which I don't think is true. I mean. Remy Ma is she's a battle rapper. Like there's like old videos on YouTube you can see her battling, and that's like her. That's what she does. That's what she's been doing for forever. See, I don't understand why you mess with some. Why you come for somebody that's been in jail? Like <laughs> she shoot somebody in the stomach. What you say? <laughs> Look here, she shoot people. You should just shut up. <laughs> like this ain't no regular fly by night person. Nah, you know. Somebody, she shot her friend in the stomach. Now I don't know how true that is, but let me tell you, you there are certain people that you don't come for. You just don't mess with. It. Just let it go. I don't want no parts. This Barbie it's stuff ain't gonna work. I know that I don't even want to run up. Like it's just not. It's not in the cards for me. And so it's like, why, Nikki? You're a Barbie. Exactly. Ricky Martin, savage. <laughs> right. 
and she showed you. <laughs> You're a Barbie. She... She's an inmate. You might as well. <laughs> you should just let it go. You guys are not on the plane, the same playing field. And she said on the Breakfast Club earlier that week, when people say, "When I come for you, I'm gonna come for you." Your government, your whole family. She I'm said bring your that. Kids up, right? I'm gonna say your kids' name. I'm gonna say your family name. You gonna know it's me. You should have just left that. it alone. So you decided to come for her, and she came for you, and now you your career is in shambles. It's right. just like she meet meal, like when Drake hit uh, meet meal back to back. I kind of wish at first I wanted her to respond. I wanted Nicki Minaj to respond because I wanted the the whole back and forth. Like I, I actually really enjoy when people go at each other lyrically, and it's like I feel like it's fun. That's what like hip hop is about. Um, it's competitive. Now I'll say that like hip hop is competitive, and so people are supposed to. Remy Ma says it a lot. Like you're supposed to think you're the best. You're supposed to think that you know nobody is better than you, and you're the number one girl or number one dude. Like you're supposed to feel that way. So I actually like the back and forth, and I think it's healthy. But I feel like because it's been so long and she ain't said nothing, you just gotta. I mean, it's almost been a week. Like it came out what last Saturday. Mm-hmm. I feel like at this point you're just better off not saying anything. But what I don't want her to do is come up with like another song. You remember her song, the song she did against Lil Kim, "Stupid Ho." Mm-mm, I was, need that. It was really stupid. Like, <laughs> it was like, wait, what? This is your response to that? Like, yeah, I, I don't, I, yeah. And, it, and people, I feel like it. Yeah, you can You don't got nothing after that. Yeah, just don't say nothing. You better off just being like. I don't have to respond. I'm the queen. The number says it. Let's just move on and keep making good music. But if at this point, if you kind of get down and be like, I'm going to go back and forth. It's, I don't really know. It would have been that, great for her to do it. But yeah, at this point, it's too late. That whole 360 deal, though. Mm. It's, I was like, man, she got a, uh, uh, what's that with Johnny? What's the group? Can you stand the rain, people? New edition. Yeah, she got a new addition deal. Right, for real, for real. You going through, <laughs> you going through three people. That's the thing, though, about independent artists, especially in today's time. People always act like, oh, if you, because you signed, you are like a better artist. You just have a machine that's behind you. But honestly, you probably aren't really making any money because it has your money has to pass through the hands of so many people before you can get some and the stuff that you flaunt is like rented stuff so the clothes that you flaunt not saying that this is what Nicki Minaj is doing I mean I think she does she does shows and she's done a tour so unless like they got uh her contract had something about them getting money from her tours she should definitely have money but it's like you got to think about it though. Like, yeah, you this big artist with this machine behind you though, but you're not ne- making nearly as much money as you could if you didn't have have to go through all these people. And I know mm-hmm. for sure, Baby is getting paid and Lil Wayne getting paid. So, yeah, yeah. And you know what the crazy thing is? Did you see that post that uh, a pastor said that Nicki Minaj? You shouldn't teach your own horn. Did I tag you in? Wait, no. Oh, yes. A pastor, Darren's pastor actually post said that and he had me rolling when he posted that. (laughs) He said his pastor and she's an elderly. I won't call her elderly, but she's like in her 60s. Yeah. So she said, um, as Nicki Minaj learned, you shouldn't toot your own horn because there'll always be a Remy Ma there to check you. (laughs) (laughs) And then she said, as we see in Daniel, 
chapter <laughs> it was. Never can never learn this lesson. I said, you better tie that. Right. Come on, scripture. You better tie that uh, Nicki Minaj in. I said, he said that was an eight o'clock service. I said, I bet that woke everybody up. Right. <laughs> Come on, Bible. What? <laughs> Let me screw you with the Bible. See, the Bible talked about this. <laughs> the Bible told Nikki, obviously, she ain't been reading her word. Because had she been reading her word, she'd have been prepared. I just kind of feel like, though, it's payback for it was bound to happen. Somebody was bound to do it. I didn't know that it would be Remy Ma. And the only reason I say that is because she's always seemed to have like a level, a certain level of respect for Nicki Minaj and just kind of being like, you know, I would prefer to see us like girls stay positive. I don't want us to have to like be for battle or, you know, it, it's, 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 it's no there's no point in doing that. Like we shouldn't have to do that. We all can exist and be successful together. There was a time when there were a lot of female rappers that were out and they all were successful in their own right. So we should be able to do that. So that's what I was looking forward to it. But I definitely kind of understand when she, when I was listening to the song and she was like one hit record, um, and a flop album, it was like obvious that she was talking about Remy Ma and it was like, Oh wait, she's talking about like all the way up being like the platinum record. But, Everything else she do is a flop. It's like, all right, here we go. Here we go. Yeah, so she want to do it. She poked the wrong bear. Yeah, she poked the wrong bear. Um, At first, I wasn't. I got to be honest. When I was listening to it at first, maybe the first like two minutes, I kind of wasn't really. I was like, I don't understand what people are talking about. This is like, and I think it's just because we are conditioned for people to rap in like and a rhyme. Yeah, rap and rhyme, but honestly kind of rap in a very like commercial in such a way that it makes like back to back, right? You think about back to back, like it actually would have been a decent song, like just if it, even if it wasn't like a diss record. Got mm-hmm. going back to back. Like that's like catchy. And so I think I was expecting that but then after like two minutes in, I was like, oh, wait, she's really, wow. <laughs> she's really going there. Then when we hit the thing about the brother, I was like, yeah, you got to I feel like she should have said something. Nicki Minaj should have responded like that night. She should have been like, oh, you know what? Let me just go in the studio. And I imagine she should have had something waiting. Like, I don't think she knew that was coming at her. Yeah. That was like a that was something that brother thing got me. I was just like, man, you can't even come back from that. Yeah, just just keep making records and <laughs> just let it wait till it pass over. Let It'll, it go. Let it go. Donald Trump will do something crazy in the news. Kelly and Conway spread her legs again. Something else <laughs> to happen to take take the attention off. That. Not spread her legs. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean it like that. It came out wrong. <laughs> Kelly ain't kind of well spread her legs again. Yeah, I didn't feel like that. I'm sorry, y'all. That's so, not what I meant. <laughs> I was trying to talk about how she was sitting in that <laughs> thing, but it just it came out wrong. I'm sorry. So, what did you think about that? Were you were you as bothered by it as like everybody else was, or was it just kind of like whatever? I just don't take her seriously, and I think that's just my overall. And I still think. I just this whole I still haven't got adjusted to him being the president. It's still not real. So, but I mean, somebody told me that what happened was that she was trying to take a picture 
and she had climbed up and they just caught her in that position. I don't know. I just don't necessarily. I know that she couldn't be a black and do that. See, just... that's 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 the thing with me, honestly. And I was like, OK, so I get because I kept hearing people say like, oh, you know, it's not that big of a deal. Why are we talking about this? And to some degree, I kind of understand it's like, all right, her feet's in the chair. Like, it's not that crazy. But then I start thinking, like, I just number one, obviously, you weren't raised by like a black woman because this wouldn't have never happened. You got your feet in the chair and your shoes on. Like still to this day, I get into it with my mom about the fact that people should be able to kick their feet up on the couch. My mom is just like anti that. So that was weird. But I think it was just kind of like you're in the Oval Office and there's a bunch of people in the room. Like, can't nobody, even if you're trying to take the picture, it's AIDS in the room that can take it. Yeah, it's like, is it, was there, this just wasn't the most, like, professional looking thing. Like, you kind of look like you at your homegirl house just, like, kicking it, y'all having, you know, drinks or laughing. Like, it don't really seem like you're in the Oval Office. Like, I remember, like, going to the Oval Office is kind of like, wow, this is the Oval, this is where the president works every day like you have so much respect for it like you know even on going on the tour you can't even like walk into the oval so the fact that somebody is like in the oval but there's a bunch of people in the oval and you just kind of just like kicking it <laughs> in the chair and your legs gapped open and i think it was just kind of like your mom ain't tell you about like crossing your legs or like i don't know it just it just seemed it, it, it was kind of awkward it was real awkward like uh, yeah, I guess it it just falls in line with everything else with this administration. It's all just awkward, honestly. Jeff Sessions chilling with um Russians. This guy, I just want it to be over. I just <clears throat> let's just the fact that we keep having these conversations over and over again about like ties and conversations with Russia prior to the election on election day after election it's like guys like let's and then it's like oh well the the i got like a cnn alert and it said that the white house said that they were unaware of any activity with jeff sessions in russia so just so happened that you had aides and all of these people that were that appear to be have been in contact with russia during the election but like you ain't know nothing about nothing all right, I don't. I can't really believe that. They as clueless as Betsy DeVoe. Oh, Betsy DeVoe with this. Oh gosh. <laughs> just shut HBCUs up. HBCUs are school choice. Yeah, just shut up. Like it's not. It was so annoying. And did you read the actual like her actual statements? No, but I did read the. Uh, I did watch the video of the senator talking about. How offensive it was. Did you see that? No, no. Which oh, which senator? Was it um It was a white lady. I can't think of it. It wasn't the one that always goes in. Oh yeah. I think I actually think I posted one. yeah, I think I posted it that on um Facebook. I I think I know what she's talking about. She had on like red or something. Um mm-hmm. I think she's from maybe she's like from one of the Carolinas, but I know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, she was uh, it just shows how much, like, how ignorant you can be and just get a pass. Like, you don't really have to know. You don't have to know nothing about history. And I think this in. 
you're the education secretary, yo. Like, be educated. Like, okay, you don't have experience. That's fine. But, like, get people with experience and be like, hey, look, this is actually the statement that I want to make. Is this accurate? Does this make sense? Like, do I sound educated in this? Like, you got, you have but are the position. Your, is your cabinet well-equipped? Because you saw what Sean Spicer did when he was talking about Donald Trump and Martin Luther King and Frederick Douglass, you know what I'm saying? The people that's supposed to be aiding are not connected or don't know. Nobody wants, you should fire these people. Like it's your job to make sure I don't look like a dummy. Honestly, like it is your job to make sure that I'm not saying nothing crazy and the stuff that I'm saying, it makes sense. It's going to resonate with people. It's going to connect with people. There had to be somebody that was there that was like, I don't really think that HBCUs were started out of wanting a choice for better schools. I think they were actually started because of segregation and people not actually being able to be educated. I think that's where they come from. Like, you never heard of that? Like, you come on, man. Like, this is... There was a room full of HBCU presidents. Nobody thought to... Maybe we should ask these people how they got there. Like, I don't... I... I don't know. It's just frustrating, too, because it shows that you can have no experience, no knowledge, no nothing. And, yeah, you got this platform and people think it's okay. Complexion and money. Literally complexion for protection, like complexion for protection and advancement. (laughs) I, I, I don't. Yeah. There's no other way to describe it. There's no, absolutely no other way to describe it but complexion for protection. Ever since you said that, every time these situations happen, I automatically think that, like, <laughs> oh, it's complexion for protection. <laughs> like, And I was like, this is complexion for advancement. Like, <laughs> Complexion is, like, out here doing all kinds of stuff. We need to get some shirts made, say complexion for, the protect- for protection and selling the white people. Oh, we should do that. That would be hot. Uh, or uh, get one that say complexion for protection and put it, put a light line through it and say, I ain't got it. <laughs> Y'all don't steal our idea. Right. Not over here. All right. Now, don't don't let me see these shirts online before we come out with it. I'm going to have to pull it up and be like, look, we talked about it on this day at this time. You owe me some money. But that would be funny. I would wear that shirt. We could take a picture and put on brunch culture with yeah, those shirts. I think that would, we we got to we need to start working on some brunch culture merch anyway. So that would be dope. <laughs> Complexion for protection. <laughs> I ain't got it. Yo, did you hear that um President Obama and the first lady signed a 60 million dollar book deal? Yes. That was That's dope. Good. They said it was I think uh George Bush's was like 10 million dollars and Bill Clinton was maybe like 15 million. They know they're going to sell more books because ain't nobody want to hear their story. <laughs> Honestly, they don't have a story that's like nothing extravagant. Right. <laughs> the only people that could sell books would be uh, the Obamas. Yeah. So, I mean, they connected with so many people, young people, old people. And I think it's because it's so historical being like the first yeah. black president and first lady. Who, you like, know, go to, who you know go to George Bush and Clinton Library? You know, every person that got a library. Who you know go? I'm just going to go and go to Texas and go to the president's library. No, nobody says that ever. But it's funny you I say that because I will actually, go to the Obama's library. I haven't heard anybody say that. I'm sure I know somebody that's been, 
but it's a real, real, a real, real conservative. Like, yeah, it's like you. you for that, gotta and be, then you, somebody you, who's trying to work their way up, somebody right. who's trying to kiss behind to get to the top. That's the only person that I think would do it. We got to go to Instagram and see if there's like I want because I don't even see like a hashtag or. Now you or, got me curious, like nobody. nobody it's, George Bush like, was just on Ellen's show, and they was talk. Ellen was talking about that poncho. He just be so happy, like he just be so unconcerned. He like, man, y'all just put me in Texas and let me paint. <laughs> That's all he want to do, and he want to hug Michelle Obama. I was just about to say, <laughs> did you watch the video where he talks about him and Michelle Obama's relationship? Uh, uh, uh-uh. what does he say? He basically was saying like how he, uh, they end up being by each other for somebody's funeral, and. He's a person that likes to joke and she like took to his jokes. Um, and so they they just kind of built this relationship and they're very like they respect each other, but they actually have fun together. And it's so crazy, though, because they, of course, people have been saying like George Bush would ri- risk it all for uh, a moment with <laughs> Michelle Obama. But it's interesting, though, because as he's talking about her, he has like this huge smile and he's just like so happy. And maybe it's the way that they put the video together, too. But they're showing these clips of like the two of them, like smiling and laughing. And it's like, yeah, I think he really is like, look here, this sister fine. She's smart. Like she graduated from Ivy Leagues. I was a C student. She was an A student. Like, yeah, I would. (laughs) I should have made some different choices in my life. I should have really been like, you know what? I should have got me a black woman. <laughs> That's so funny. I feel like he's here. He's just so happy. He's like, man, I don't. What you think about President Obama? I don't. You know, I've been there. Just, I just support him. You know. I think he's great. <laughs> yeah, I think he's great. I think his wife is lovely. <laughs> I just, I won't talk bad about him. I do respect that he didn't. He never did. Yeah, absolutely. I think that that's the way I actually also respect to his recent comments about him not liking the racism that's coming out of Trump's administration. And it's one of those things too. thinking about about like the Bush era. um, I think that he definitely is one of those people that just probably doesn't understand the experience of other people. But in his heart of hearts, he's not thinking that like I'm a racist or like what I'm doing is not helping black people or I'm not he thinks like oh if I just help all people then black people are encompassed in that um Mm -hmm. and I actually thought it was a really big deal that he made a statement saying like hey you know I don't like the racism of the Trump administration I actually think that you know playing on people's fears and dividing people is a problem um because there are so many people still so many conservatives still like respect him and it's like oh you know he's a former president it's great so I feel like for him to do it to say it it gives more it holds more weight than if like president Obama does it. If president mm-hmm. Obama does it, like while people would like, uh, receive it, I feel like it's, it's expected. Like you can have people from, um, the conservative side say like, Oh, of course he feels this way. He's just mad that he lost, but to have somebody from their own party say, this is a problem. And I don't like this. And I think that this is, this needs to be fixed. I feel like that just holds more weight. So I actually was like, all right, all right, George. All right, W. I appreciate you. You all right, George? We love you, George. We don't want you to be a president again. <laughs> Still? He didn't vote for Donald Trump. He, wait, he did? No, he said he wants to vote for him. Oh, I thought. Wait, so Daddy voted for Daddy Bush voted for Donald Trump, right? 
No, none of them did. None Wait, of the Bush. None did. of them did. I thought Daddy Bush did. No. Well, I know he didn't make it to that uh, inauguration, but he made it to that Super Bowl. <laughs> did you see the meme with that? Uh-huh. <laughs> I posted it because I was like, when I saw him, I said, "How he gonna be there?" Look here. He just said that him and Barbara couldn't. Uh, they life. They was gonna put themselves at risk. But they came out smiling, looking like they casket ready on that thing to flip that coin. (laughs) I said, boy, this coin flip went too fast. Y'all. So I was scared to like the picture. I was scared to like the picture because the picture says something like that. Like, oh, so you was like dying for the inauguration, but you was able to make the Super Bowl. And I was like, dang. You were scared to like it, and I posted it. Ain't that sad? Yeah, because I was like, this kind of mean. Like, but it is pretty hilarious, though. Like, yeah, it's like at any moment they could die. Like, literally. But they was like, look here, we finna use this as an excuse to get out of here. So we don't ruffle no feathers. But, bro, we ain't showing up to that. Who coming to that? Nobody ain't coming to that. Like, you you don't even want to go to that for real. You Your think wife? I'm going to risk my life? <laughs> right. we, not, we can't take a flight. Now, the flight from Texas to D.C. might take us out. <laughs> that flight might take us out. We can't. And then we got to go back. <laughs> he want us to sit outside and it rained. Man, that rain would have killed them. <laughs> Can't do that it. rain would get them. <laughs> <laughs> That's too much. They, they, even their son couldn't put that poncho on. You imagine George Sr. trying to, <laughs> trying to get, get that poncho around his back. Well, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what to do. <laughs> it's cold out here. Lift their hands fast enough to get it up. It's, it's cold. It's, it's raining. It ain't in my blood to be able to do this stuff fast. To understand they would have had pneumonia at the beginning of the inauguration. By the time he put his hand on the Bible, they would have been dead. <laughs> you ignorant, yo. <laughs> you ignorant. <laughs> Couldn't even finish that. They should have came. It would have been distraction. You are foolish. <laughs> I ain't fooling with you. I'm not dealing with you. <laughs> anyway, do we have anything else uh, for <laughs> mimosas and orange juice? No, that's it. All right, we'll be back with our main dish. Well, now we're back with our main dish. This movie, Get Out, came out last Friday, and it was, I saw it on Monday, and it was amazing. Um, It is a must-see. Huh? I say I saw it on Monday, too. Yeah, it is a must see. Um, when I thought, when I just said get out, I thought of that JoJo song, get out right now. Yeah. Oh, get out right now. It's the yeah, end uh-huh. of you and me. Mm-hmm. It's too late. Can't be. So after I left the movie theater, I got on Twitter and saw that Tristan Thompson had tweeted that this movie was crazy and it is a must see and he started recently dating the Kardashian which one I don't know but people was telling him he need to get out Look, that was so funny they was like you in a real life get out situation so the funniest thing is when I was in the theater I went to see it on Monday too so I didn't go to work right mm-hmm. so I went to see it during the daytime but there was this girl and this guy that I ended up sitting next to um, and the girl said that she was like this reminds me of the Kardashians and I like <laughs> burst out laughing because I'm like, wait, I can see it. And she was like, think about it. All of the guys that come in, 
they end up being messed up in some sort of way. Like something in the, ends up happening to them. And it's like, they go crazy. Like the one person that we thought were, was going to make it was Kanye, but it's like, yo, we see what's going on with Kanye. So it's like, what if Chris Jenner is actually hypnotizing these men and like getting their money? It's like, this is how we just going to keep building our brand. It was, yeah, it's pretty rough. Yeah, y'all the Kardashians. Y'all stay away from Kardashians. Just all together. Just you know, it's a million other. You know who out. came out right? Reggie Bush. He seemed to be still okay. But he left. He came out right because he left himself. Apparently, he didn't want to be with Kim Kardashian. Oh, okay. He yeah, so he was, was like, the get out. I was he just going to say dude. he was the get out guy. <laughs> So, you know, like, I'm going to make a meme with him and say the real life get out. Right. He made it. And he went. The thing is, he went, he got out, but he found a chick that resembles Kim Kardashian. Is like, I'll and make he this. he cheated work. on her. Wait, he cheated on her. Yeah, he got a, a married lady pregnant. And oh. now it's, it came out because her husband said that in the divorce paperwork that Reggie Bush got her pregnant. And then Dang. they got the paternity test. And it is indeed his baby. <laughs> I ain't know all that. That's um, yeah. That's a. Uh, I wasn't ready for that. I was yikes. Yeah. I, why do I know that? I don't know. It's it was on my um, entertainment tonight or something. It was yeah. on something I saw. That's recent. Yeah. It was oh. like over Christmas, I think, when it like all folded. Yikes. I don't know. That's that hurt. I feel sorry for the husband. Right. Um, I, I didn't even realize. Well, and his wife. I feel sorry for. Uh, Reggie Bush wife because she didn't got all that surgery to look like Kim Kardashian and he still cheated. Are they still together? I don't know. She Probably. might stay. She might pull a Kobe wife yeah. and care. stick it out loud. Because you know, I mean, you know where this bread and butter come from. It's like, well, whatever. It is what it is. If you knew from the get that he was cheating, then maybe she'd be okay with it. Well, anyway, so get out. Uh, Gotcha. So, what were your initial like? What was your initial reaction to the movie? Um, I was after like, it is so crazy, but it's genius. Like, it was like so crazy, right? But it was so good at the same time. It right. was like you just left like, wow, that was crazy, <laughs> right? <laughs> that was so crazy. I was just so glad he got out, though. Spoiler alert. Yeah, I was just going to say, yeah, if you haven't seen the movie Get Out, you probably want to stop and just fast forward to the Toaster Roast or, um, yeah, because in order to talk about the movie, we're going to have to give some things away. So, yeah, let's get into it. But, um, yeah. So- yeah, I was so glad when the TSA agent came through, I was like, yes. But at first it startled, it scared me because I was like, when I saw lights, I was like, man, and she started talking like, help, help. Right, right, right. I was that- like, oh, I was. And I, I thought it was, was going to be that same cop from the beginning. Yeah, that's who I thought it was. And that's I honestly was kind of I was kind of upset. And then I realized I was talking to a friend and he mentioned that I think that was done by design. Like it was made to just get a reaction out of the office, the out of the, the office, the audience. Because literally when that part happened, I think immediately everybody was just like, oh, man, all this like. You know, you you got to the end, and here you go. The police officer pulls up, and you oh, straddle over this white woman that's been shot. Like, obviously, this isn't going to turn out right. But when I saw that black dude, I was flipping. I was like, yes, he got it. This is good. This is good. Yes, that's like your help. Right. But so for me, my, my reaction, I thought it was good. I was nervous. I was nervous going into it because I think that... 
I felt like it was too good to be true. I had also listened to Code Switch podcast and they talked about um they talked about the movie, but they talked about like the history of horror films with black people. And they went back as far as like Birth of a Nation and talked about how um the idea of horror films was originally based on the the fears of white people about black people, right? And so, oh, wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, and so basically, they they kind of cover like um, how th- you know black people have been considered over time, like from through like birth of a nation, like from that time, it was like the black person is the villain. You got to be careful because this black person is going to come and they're gonna your life is in danger because there's like this black person on the loose, right? And so then like movies evolved. And the reason that we see the black person dying first in so many horror films is because we they're trying to establish this. Uh, they're trying to establish the power of the killer. So it's mm-hmm. like society tells us that the most dangerous people are is the black person, right? It's the black male or the black woman. So they're the most like athletically like fit and the 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 most like the people that you fear so if this killer can kill the black person then it's like oh you know you should really be scared because he can kill black people um and so they talked they talked about that and then they also they moved on to kind of go go into this idea of like how if that doesn't happen then like the black character is kind of like the comedic relief so it's really like not somebody that you you aren't really emotionally tied to that person so if they die it's like whatever and so mm-hmm. i had i had listened to that podcast and i went into it with like dang i never even thought about that like um this is why the black people always die first in the in the film and then also saying they made a point saying that um the the in in the film, in like horror films, usually what they're saying is like the white person that ends up getting out. They don't get out because they're stronger, but they get out because they're like more, they're smarter. So they 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 intellectually like outsmart this killer, and that's how they're able to get out. So it's like, you know, kill the black person because the black person is strong, and that's what makes you scared. But it's the like cunningness of the white person's mind that allows them to get out, which was really interesting because I never thought about it. So I had had just listened to that podcast and then I went and watched the movie and it just made me feel a lot more. Um, it made me appreciate it a lot more. It made me feel a lot, a, a lot better about the film and appreciate how things were done because here's a film where they're talking about, the basically kind of the same thing they're talking about the strength of black people and basically saying like oh you know athletically musically creatively um in terms of like you know a photographer and the creative eye like that thing is sharper with black people but we have the ability to come up with this like technology and this science that can marry the two but it was that very thing it was the intellect that allowed this black man to outsmart them um, so I really appreciated that. But that for me was like, here we go. This is good. Um, so I walked out, of course, like really happy, but talking to a friend of mine and he threw into some things that like didn't seem he was like, you know, the fact that the guy just kind of like so easily killed everybody in the family, that kind of bothered me. Like because it typically in horror films, you see like this struggle of power so you you'll have the person that is the protagonist they'll end up 
they're about, it seems like there's like a brush of death or they're not going to make it. They're about to die. And then you see them kind of like overcome one thing, but then they fall back down and then they overcome again. And it's kind of elongated. But in this film, it was very like to the point, I want to say he what killed like three people in the family in less than like two minutes. It was just Mm -hmm. like, go boom, kill him. Oh, boom, kill him. Go boom. I got so much satisfaction when he killed that white girl and he choked her. Oh no, I got the satisfaction for me came from the dad. I was like, (laughs) When he got daddy, I was so happy because I felt like I felt like the dad was I guess they all orchestrated, but I don't know. I guess just the dad when they first got there and the dad started talking about the deer and how the deer are like um taking over and they need to be stopped. I felt like he was like kinda subliminally saying, This is how I feel about black people. Like we gotta stop them. We gotta like <laughs> They're, they're, they're becoming so entitled so we basically kind of got to like wash brainwash them or put them over to our way of thinking mm-hmm. I guess the girl for me cause she like you didn't know to the like the end I was like is she in on this is she hypnotized like did, when did you know that she was in on it or you knew the whole time I was going to say I actually went into it the fact that she had said that her parents aren't that racist uh, they, I mean, they aren't racist. You kind of got to know when your people, she's like, they're not racist. They're not racist. And when they got there and the dad was like, how long has this thing been going on? And then she was like, my dad keeps saying like, uh, what was it like? What's up, man? Or what's up, homie or buddy or dude or whatever it was. And she was like, he never talks like that. I was like, okay, so, you know, you, you got to know you can't be. Yeah, you can't be that naive. And then when he saw, he found like the pictures of the people. Because when the the like guardsman guy kept telling him that, hey, isn't she really attractive? I thought that I was like, that's kind of weird. I wonder if he like dated her once upon a time. And I didn't get the whole. I didn't know what they were doing with them. I didn't get the whole like brain transfusion thing. I thought they were just kind of like taking them. They were taking them through the. Um, them like uh hip hypnosis thing and making them just kind of forget completely forget where they come from and just kind of like sir succumbing to like this white standard of stuff like i didn't think it was another person i thought it was just like that same person they just kind of like brainwashed them to think that oh you know this way is right um Mm -hmm. so that part i didn't see coming but i definitely i felt like from jump the girl you can't be like oh my people aren't racist they aren't racist they aren't racist but then be like Oh, well, it's so weird that they're doing like you had to see this before. And then, too, when all of the people came, she said they're like the whitest of the white. OK, you know, you're not. You absolutely know. And when that guy was like, when he I just the cotton in the ear, though, I was like, how did he get that cotton in his ear? Yeah, did you wonder that? I, I was like, his hands were tied down. Maybe he like, um. Cause he could have like leaned his head for it, right? No, I, I guess because um, it was just his hands and feet that was tied down. So he could have like leaned over. Hold on, I'm about to actually physically do it. Yeah, he could have like leaned over. I'm sorry, I just like physically did it. I think he he could have leaned over and just like stuffed his ear with it. Um, I actually thought that was pretty interesting. I read this thing on Facebook, and this guy was basically saying how that was such a powerful thing because you think you know like if you think back to like slavery time cotton was a big thing that we had to pick and we cotton was used 
we had to, to, to pick it and it was used for the benefit of white people. But in this film, it actually was the benefit of him. It was to the benefit mm-hmm. of the black man it was used, which I actually thought was pretty interesting perspective. Um, there's this one thing I saw this guy post. I'll probably like repost it on my Facebook. But this guy, he said like 15 things that you didn't realize or like hidden like messages in the film. And I didn't go through all of them, but there's some of them that were actually kind of spot on. It was very interesting. And one of those things being the cot and like. Wow, you know, historically this has been used for y'all's benefit, but here we are using it for like my benefit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the whole idea, the whole concept of black people aren't worth anything but their bodies, I yeah. think was, you know, something that he was trying to highlight because I think people do think that way. Yeah. Like going back to, you know, slavery and, you know, Still, I was just going to say, still to this day, you know, we don't you, you start thinking about if you're in like a suburban neighborhood or even in terms of like being able to uh, purchase certain things or do certain things like the idea is like, oh, you must be like a rapper or a football player or a basketball player or some, something dealing with sports or entertainment in order for you to have this lifestyle and not like, no, you're a entrepreneur, you're creative, you are. Uh, you know, a PhD, you're somebody with a master's degree, you're an intellectual, like people don't think about people don't think about that. Um, And I, I love too how it was a it's like these microaggressions that we see all the time. And it basically put it on display for white people to see it and to get it in a very like in a way that was extreme. And I think sometimes, you know, with art, you have to make things extreme in order for people to really understand where it's coming from. But I just liked the fact that that was put on display and it wasn't, it wasn't so much from a, it wasn't from the place of like, Oh, well you're just reading too much into it, which is what I was concerned with. Like I was concerned that I was going to go in, I was going to watch this film and it was going to be a, as I said, like this was going to be a, oh, well, yeah, racism exists. or Yeah, these people are racist, but it's because, you know, this black person has a perception that they will be or he's anticipating it or he's taking everything too personal. Um, but it actually made it very plain and clear. Like, here are the stuff that we have to say all the time. Here are the things that we have to hear all the time. And we just have to move forward with it. And it also, honestly, I feel like it made well that's what i was going to ask you before i say that do you think that it was like an and it's an like anti-white movie no i don't think it's anti-white i think it's but just trying to highlight things that we experience because one of the things that i think he shed light on is the fact of how like when they were all out you know when all the people came to the house and they had like the other black dude and they were asking about the black experience and he act like nothing was unique about the experience. Right. Um, this whole idea of them liking the passive black person, right. not liking the per- black person that wants to talk about the problems right. that are the issues. It's like, no, I, you know, they want the black person that kind of assimilates right. to white culture. Right. So I don't think it was necessarily against white people but it was did highlight some of the things that white people um put african-americans through um that they might not be cognizant of but that doesn't mean anti that just means that i'm just bringing it to the forefront right it was actually very like conscious in that sense i also like the fact that 
so of course, you know, it got like uh it had like a hundred percent rating on Rotten Tomatoes. And there was a comment that somebody that I saw somebody that made about it and they were basically saying that like this movie makes it seem like all white people are bad, which I don't think is true. I don't think that's what they were doing. I don't think that's what it was doing. But what I think it does is it starts the conversation of saying like, so here's how it feels when somebody produces a body of work and that body of work makes you seem like a villain or everybody that looks like you seem like a villain. And we've been experiencing that for years, right? Like Mm -hmm. we're always in a, we're oftentimes in a, in a role that says that we're bad or we're corrupt or, you know, something ain't right with us. And this basically put it on display for, you know, white people to have that feeling. And I was actually really glad to see a lot of people, like a a lot of white people that went to see it. Cause I feel like if you're a person that doesn't understand that and don't have these conversations, just through entertainment, you can see how that is. You can walk away and feel like, well, dang, like our pe- people are looking at me differently because they think like I'm going to be, I'm the racist or I'm a bad guy and I'm really not a bad guy and I'm not that person, but it's like, it kind of flips it on its head and say, here's how that feels. So if you feel that way, this is actually really perfect because this starts the conversation and it, as opposed to us trying to say, why we always got to be the crooked cop? Why we got to be the, the, the slut? Why we got to be the maid? Why we got to be all of these things in order to get acknowledged for our work? This says like, hey, that's how it feels. It feels like <laughs> we're always in these like not so good, not so honorable roles or the protagonist is always this white person, no matter even if it's about you know, Egypt, you have your lead, your lead character. I mean, your lead actor is going to be a white guy, but it's like all of the colored folks are in some, some supporting role or some insignificant role, if you will. And the white person is always the person that's coming out on top. It, it, it makes us have those conversations about that. So if mm-hmm. you feel some sort of way about it, it's like, now we can actually have a conversation about how you feel that way and why we also feel this way. And mm-hmm. you could, should be able to understand where we're coming from because yo, you feel it. This is what we feel. Let's talk about it. And I think Jordan Peele is genius because he has the family talking about, Oh, we're not racist or we love black people, but then you still have black people in service roles. And I right. feel like people do that all the time. Oh, I'm down with black people, but they only see black people in a, they will only allow black people to have certain positions right. in their, in their power structure. Exactly. So, Oh, I'm not racist, but why no black people in management? Oh, right. I'm not racist. Well, how, how come black people don't have a seat at your table? You know, and, and so, why don't you see that as a problem? Like without somebody telling you, why don't you see and that? And then as, you say, Oh, I know it looks bad, but it's not really how it looks. You right. know, wanting us to go with what you say versus what your actions what are. What your actions are. Absolutely. And that was, I mean, that's the, you hit it spot on with that. Cause that's exactly, it's exactly what uh, I, I, I sit in it. It's so crazy too. I actually want to go see it again. I think I'm going to go see it again this weekend just so I can kind of dissect everything, having known what's going on. So it's not like I'm like waiting to see what's going to happen anymore. It's like, okay, I know what's going to happen. So let's just watch it. I want to do that so that I can kind of dissect it a little bit more and dissect the things that they're saying more um, and kind of get pulled more out of like, yo, this is so meaningful because Here's how I think you should look at it. Here's what's being said, but here's actually what's happening in practice. Here's maybe what 
you expect us to get from it. Cause I don't know anybody that felt that watched it. That felt like it was, I don't know any black people. I'll say that. And it's so interesting. Cause I feel like we're, we're so forgiven, but I don't know anybody that was like, Oh yeah, all white people are bad or anything like that. I think it was just like, honestly, I feel proud because this movie just validated a lot of the feelings that I have. The fact that, you know, this guy, which the, the 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 most creepiest character in that movie to me was the blind guy. And I, I, maybe it's because he was the one that was getting he was going to be getting the like transfusion. But I initially when they had the conversation, I was thinking like, oh, he gets it. I feel like this is a nice guy. Like he respects the guy's eye. He respects, you know, the guy's talent and it's not about him being able to like, you know, run fast. It really is like, yo, you have an eye for picture taking. And I think that's great. But when I found out that he was actually trying to like convert him, that just, it just became real creepy to me. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> this is what's going on. But isn't that enough, enough, another message in itself? Because like, sometimes we think that people are our allies in true. contexts in that in white and white spaces and then they turn be the one that be gunning for your position or the ones that's gonna stab you in the back right um but they play it like they're on your side and they become relatable and you're like an equal yeah they play it Mm -hmm. like you're an equal because you know this guy he was he was basically saying like you yeah like i i have somebody that explains to me your work in great detail like I study you. I respect you. So you kind of, and maybe that's why I'm actually glad you pointed that out. Maybe that's why I was so kind of creeped out and taken aback by him because I kept thinking he was the one, he was the one person that gets it. And then even when they were doing the whole like bidding thing and he actually bid for him, my thoughts were that he was going to bid for him, but basically warn him. Yeah. Like to warn him, like, Hey, look, here's what's happening. Get out. But when that wasn't the, the, the case, I was like, wait, this is, this is kind of creepy, but it is really interesting, though, that he takes it shows how, like, you know, he can take the position of like, I'm on your side. I'm on your ally in the same way that the girl did, too. Like, oh, no, you know, I'm here for you. I'm here for you. And it all is like a scam. So it's like you kind of got to watch. You got to watch your back. And it, it shows that, yo, this is why it's hard. And sometimes it's complicated to really think that. When people be like, oh, you know, I'm inviting this person to the cookout or this person can say whatever. And I know that they're down. It's like, well, no, not really, because you can be down in one way and you can respect one thing about me. But you can completely disregard and have like no respect for another area of my life. And if I'm if I don't hold you accountable in every area of my life, that gives rise to that being a thing. And I suffer in the end. Mm -hmm. And I I think it also teaches you got to trust your gut, too. Because I feel like he knew in his gut, and like, friends. yeah, like, this ain't right, yo. Right. This ain't right. And even the crazy thing, even when he saw the pictures and she knew, he know, knew that she said that that was the first guy, black guy. She, he saw the pictures and still, because of his relational tie to her, still asking for her keys. Right. This he, girl obviously didn't lie to you. What? He you still believes that the there's a chance that he can, like... She she's still on his side. She he can get out. I think that yeah. yeah, that plays into this idea of being inherently good. So it's like it's in it's in your face. You know it. You have the support to know that like this chick is doing some real shady, creepy stuff. 
but you still and yet believe like, oh, well, you know, she probably wouldn't do that. Those pictures, though, was creepy, man. I There were parts of it that just really creeped me out. And it's crazy because I felt like I knew, but like, yeah, even the girl, it was just the, the little housekeeping lady. Yeah, she was scared. She was, yeah, she was just weird altogether. I that was it. the mama, though. The mama and the daddy was still there. Yeah. They said that they was taking care of, they, they took care of their parents. Yeah, it's just. They was the parents. I'm it's like, weird. That's why he running. Man, you wouldn't have had to tell me. Once you told me, I'm sorry I disturbed you for running. Honestly, and you after, back in that bed? No. Honestly, after I saw him running like that, I probably would have just immediately left myself. Like, I would have grabbed my phone. I don't know if I would have walked because I started thinking, what if that police no, officer the phone, came? The phone was in the house, though. Yeah, I probably would have went back up. I, I definitely wouldn't have sat down with Mama. Mama, we not doing this. Like, yeah. That's but crazy. honestly, I think even if he had a left early, they would have just did it sooner. Because there was no way for him to get out. Because they... They took her car. Oh, you're right. They did. It was all a setup. I wonder if the police officer set it up too. That whole deal was probably they probably made that deer was out. a deterrence for me. That deer flew out of nowhere. That deer didn't run nowhere. Yeah. I still don't understand that. How this did why, it fly? This why I don't go nowhere without my own car. Hey, no. <laughs> this why, that that made me think twice about going to visit any white friend family. <laughs> Seriously, I'm needing some. We gonna have to. It's gonna have to be a group trip. <laughs> it's gonna have to be, and y'all can't live in the boonies. Y'all got to oh, the subdivision no. with a lot yeah, of people. I, honestly, I feel like I need a Walmart. I need a Target. There needs to be like I don't eat McDonald's, but there needs to be a McDonald's. There needs to be some ethnic people around here. That I feel like gonna have my back. I ain't gonna be able to do this. Um, it's how this middle of nowhere thing. Like, oh, you know, we we got this this big property, and you can stay. Heck, nah. And then the mama. Oh, I hit, I do hypnosis. You do what? Not in 2017, folks. I'm gone. <laughs> you do brain surgery. You tell me that you do brain surgery. I don't even think they was licensed. Right. Nah. Mm-mm. Well, anyway, so Get Out is an it's an incredible movie. I think if you haven't seen it, um, well, obviously, hopefully you have seen it because you just sat up here and watched us. I mean, listen to us talk about it. So we gave away a lot of things. But if you haven't see it, seen it, check it out. It's a great film. Um, it makes you feel proud. I think that's what it is. It honestly makes you feel proud. There's things that people can critique about it, but I think walking away from it, it is definitely intentionally a movie to get a reaction out of people. Um, I feel like on both sides, white and black, no matter what your background is, like it's meant to give you a reaction. But I also think that as like a black person, it makes you feel good. Check out the Code Switch podcast where they talk about it. Cause I feel like that was a great way, at least for me, it was a great way to add a lot more context to like why this movie was so monumental and great because it's like, it really took everything that historically has been about the the way that we've done horror films and it like flipped it on its head so it was great so y'all check it out let us know what y'all think about the movie get out um hit us up on twitter at brunch culture on instagram at brunch underscore culture and we will be back for our toaster roast
right, guys, we are back with our toast or roast, and I'm going to kick it off this week because I have a roast that, you know, I probably shouldn't spend my time roasting this guy because, I mean, you know, he's he's Meek Mill. Like, that's just, you keep asking for L's, you keep asking to be, to look stupid, and yeah, everything that you're doing is just like, come on. But, so, there's a video that came out that shows Meek Mill um, making a homeless guy do 20 push-ups to get $20. He says, in the video, he's saying stuff like, you know, we just ain't going to be giving money out for free. You know, you're going to have to work for this. Now, the homeless guy seems to have some sort of uh, problem, potentially like a handicap or something, or just probably not all the way there. Like, it wasn't like he was somebody. He seemed like something else was going on mentally. It wasn't like somebody just walked up and was like, hey, how are you? Can you give me $20 or I'm in need? Like, he seemed like something else was going on. But the fact that you decided to make this person do push-ups or do anything for that matter to get just $20 and number so it's like two things the fact that you made him do anything and then you recorded and posted online almost to, as like a mockery or to make a joke of this person it's crazy and you should feel stupid for that but then on top of that it's like you did this and all you gave bro was $20 like what like, did you not think, and it's like you boasting about it and like, oh, y'all, you know, look at, look at him, look at him, look, look what we, we got him doing. Cause I don't give money away from free. Bruh, it's $20. Like, he can literally spend that in like two seconds. That's probably going to get him two meals. And that's it. And you're making him do like push-ups for it. I just feel like it explains why you're in the situation that you're in, Meat Mill. It explains why people have no respect for you. And honestly, I was actually a person that was like, hey, you know, in the rap battle of uh, Jay-Z and Nas, Nas, Nas's ether killed Jay-Z, right? But Jay-Z mm-hmm. kind of like laid low. He, you know, he took took time to, to focus on himself and he came back and now, you know, he's Jay-Z that we know. It didn't take him out. I was expecting, and the fact that too, he's connected to Jay-Z or was hanging out with Jay-Z. I just thought that was going to be his thing. I was like, okay, you know, Meek Mill took this L, that's fine, but he's going to come out with something that's going to be good, and he's just going to keep focusing on the music. He's going to let bygones be bygones. But it's like, bro, you keep doing stupid stuff, so even for people that want to support you and want to respect you, we can't, because you're doing dumb stuff. Like, I just... It was really fresh. It was really frustrating. And I feel like somebody somebody should have knocked him out for that because that was it was really annoying. It was offensive. And it's like you just gave him twenty dollars. Like it's not like you mm-hmm. gave him something that can make a real difference in his life. It was just twenty dollars. Get out of here, bro. So and you I'm, came from a hard situation. Yeah. So you should know. You know what I'm saying? You should you should have more respect and empathy for people. Like, and honestly, if you didn't want to give him money, just be like, nah, bro, I'm not giving you no money. It's cool. Like, nobody's saying you gotta give him money. Um, but the fact that you're like, let me give you money, but you're gonna do 20 push-ups and I'm gonna record it and I'm gonna put this online and laugh as if it's funny. Like, if this were you, you wouldn't you you wouldn't think it's funny. Like if you were homeless or didn't have something or nobody ever bought an album of yours, like and you just needed something to eat, would you want somebody to exploit you by put by recording you and putting you on the internet and making fun of it? Like, come on, bro. You gotta do better. So this week I am roasting the incredibly stupid Meek Mill. And honestly, bro, I just hope that he he said something, um, 
about Nicki Minaj and the game responded and like made a post about it. I just feel like, you know, I, I don't really promote violence, but I, I just hope that the, the game just rough you up just a little bit so you can learn. That's all. <laughs> yeah, it's, I was so upset about that. I was just like, really, guy? Like, you're privileged now to be in the position you're in, and you're going to make somebody do push-ups for 20 bucks? Right, like, how did that make sense? And that's the kind of ignorance that we have to, you know, speak against. So thank you for roasting him because he need to be roast. I hope uh, he got Donkey today. Did Charlamagne give him Donkey today? I don't know. I didn't hear it. I, I hope he did because that's definitely a Donkey today. I want to toast uh, BET uh, for just bringing quality shows back. We already talked about this before the quad, but I'm addicted to the show. Um, I missed the last episode. Good. You you missed it? Yeah, I, missed it. I gotta I catch up on it. But it's really good. So watch the quad. Um, I know it's a lot some hate from HBCU presidents, but I think it's really good and I think it's a really good scripted drama. And for me, I'm so tired of seeing reality TV shows. And so I'm glad that BET is coming back. I haven't really watched Being Mary Jane this season, but I used to enjoy it. Um I just have to catch up. Um they have the Nelson Mandela one that I haven't seen, but I just I appreciate them putting effort in making scripted television. They got a new series coming out um, about a police, a black police officer. So it's just, it seems like they're putting money into bringing good drama back and good scripted TV back and not just giving everybody in their mama reality TV show to just do ratchet stuff. Yeah. Um. So shout out to BET um, black entertainment television for try- trying to do some more scripted TV. I, I salute y'all. Come on, come on, come on. So we're going to leave you with today's good vibe. Today's good vibe comes from uh, Lisa Brevere. And it says, making others look bad will never make you look good. Mm. Meek Mill. <laughs> it don't. It, it does nothing. You Except if you Remy Ma, because she kind of... <laughs> Uh, and that um, it made her look like a better MC, but and it's fine. That's not the point of what we I just read. But, um. <laughs> Shout out to Remy Ma and and these L's that she's continued to give uh, Nicki Minaj. Apparently, she just she released. I saw before we hit we started recording. I saw that she released another track, the second track. I haven't listened to it, so we'll see. Oh, she about. went back. Yeah, oh, she went back and released. See, I the tell second you, one. you can't be messing with. People who have been in the penitentiary. Look here. I she just, done had a lot of time. What? How long was she down? She was in that, what, four years? Mm-mm. You know how much rhyme she got in her? <laughs> she had so much free time. So much free time. Just rhyme after rhyme after rhyme. So I'm going to listen to it and see see how, how it is. Um, I bet she got some love music. Like, for real, for real, I should have toasted to her and Papoose. Yeah, because they got a real, they got a real relationship go. Yeah, I actually, I, th- I think I'm just seeing the clips that I see of them. Um, I remember watching maybe it was like the first episode of Love and Hip Hop New York that they were on, and seeing how they were having like their drama was I want a kid, but I don't want a kid, or you know, you said that we would have a baby. Like Papoose is like you said, we'll have a kid. 
after we got married and she's like, uh, I don't really feel like doing that now. I thought that was dope because it's usually the other way around. And the fact mm-hmm. that like, I don't know, it just showed, it seem it seems like they really are into each other. Um, and of course people are always talking about, oh yeah, he held her down for eight years, which is great. But I feel like in actually seeing their relationship, it seems like a real legit relationship. Like they, they legit care about each other and it's not just something that they put on. So I actually think that's pretty dope. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, thank you for watching. Oh, not watching. Thank you for listening to another episode <laughs> of Brunch Culture. You can catch all our past episodes at www.brunchculturebc.com. You can subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher. Is that how you pronounce Stitcher. it? Stitcher. Yep. Yeah, Stitcher. We're on there now. Um, all by searching brunch culture iHeartRadio. we're on twitter at brunch culture on instagram at brunch underscore culture on facebook at facebook.com backslash brunch culture um yeah so hit us up by hashtag brunch culture and here at brunch culture everything is up for discussion